going on, wrestling fans? Welcome to the Wrestling Fix Podcast. This is the weekday flagship, talking everything WWE, Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-view, and everything in between. I am your host, Michael Souza, and I am uh, flying solo again uh, for this one. Um, It it was kind of my fault. (laughs) I was was really, really busy this week, Um, and uh, as, as I record right now, late on a Thursday evening. Um, it was just, uh, it was super inconvenient for anybody else to join me, but the show must go on. And, uh, man, I, I, I just felt like I would be doing it in injustice if, um, I didn't, I didn't talk any WWE this week because man, I tell you, I, and I wrote this, um, now that, you know, the Frank's not on the show, uh, for this episode, I can, you know, plug this without feeling bad about it. But, um, in my, uh, all stars and underperformers, uh, piece for PW Torch, this week, there's no underperformers. Uh, for me, honestly, I mean, I, you know, I might nitpick here or there and we'll go through it, but I mean, I really feel like this week was an all around great effort. I mean, I thought Raw was incredibly entertaining all the way through. You know, there were some hiccups, but you know, whatever. It's a three hour show, it's bound to happen. And man, SmackDown, you have three title matches and, and, a, and a Vinnie Mac segment, which was, you know, fantastic. And we'll, you know, we'll certainly get there. Um, but yeah, you know, I thought it was a really strong week for WWE. I mean, we're two weeks out from No Mercy. We're building to Hell in a Cell. Um, you know, man, it, it's crazy to think, right? But you know, I'm in the Northeast. It's it's the middle of September. It's starting to get a little colder out. The, you know, the fall's coming, and and man, before we know it, Royal Rumble's hitting. We're on the road to WrestleMania, guys. So you know, big things are starting to shape up, and. Um, you know, I thought I, I thought that you know all the stories, the major stories being told on Raw and SmackDown, um, were certainly well done. So, so you know, let's go through it. Um, but I, the, first, I want to get to this. Um, anybody, I know I kind of pumped up uh, a pretty cool Anything Goes episode coming up this past weekend, and man, I, I got to tell you, Mike and I recorded a doozy. Um, man, we we started talking about the. Um, you know, the, the kind of the best moments in wrestling, you know, really the premise was is that we, we haven't really seen too many, you know, really earth-shattering moments, you know, things you're like, man, I'm going to remember this for, for the rest of my life, you know, mega powers collide and that type of deal. Um, and, and, geez, it just veered off into this amazing kind of cultural conversation about, about where we are and, 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 and how to get superstars over in, in, in this kind of everything now in social media society. And, uh, you know, so we finish we're super excited about it. We couldn't wait to share it. And um, the files, for whatever reason, uh, came up, quote unquote, corrupt. Uh, I couldn't load it into my filing or my uh, my editing software. And, you know, poof. I mean, there it goes. So we're working to get that sorted out. And um, I'm really hoping to deliver that episode to you guys because we were really proud of it. And it'd be really hard to recapture it. You know, I, I don't really want to try to re-record that because it was so organic and, and, and really interesting. But anyway, just wanted to give you a quick update on that. But moving on, um, as we as I record this, uh, as I mentioned, late on a Thursday night, I'm, I'm scrolling through my Twitter. Um, and, and that's for, for myself. It's at Mike Souza TWF. And you can always follow us at The Wrestling Fix. Um, but anyway... I'm scrolling through it and I'm seeing all these uh, photos coming out of um, NXT, the, the 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 live taping tonight, or not live, but you know what I mean, live tape, whatever. Uh, it's going on this evening, and I saw Adam Cole. It looks like he's wrestling two matches. I saw him in 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 one set of trunks alongside Cole. I'm sorry, O'Reilly and Fish, and they looked like it was going to be a six man versus Sanity. 
And then Cole was also wrestling a single, it looked like. And I just wanted to touch on this. I, I know we kind of, uh, you know, skated past that a little bit in prior episodes, but I, I, I find it so intriguing that they are booking Cole, you know, as kind of the leader of this group. But Cole Fish and O'Reilly together really is this disruptive force in NXT. You know, a, a lot of people, especially, you know, within Full Sail, I still believe this, you know, they're very smart fans, very passionate, very knowledgeable. And I mean, man, in Brooklyn too, especially like, I mean, Cole made an impact. Like everybody knew who Adam Cole was and Fish and O'Reilly too, I think. And, you know, it's kind of, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say that it would be something to the effect of like NWO or anything, but I mean, all three of them pretty much coming in at the same time and the legit history between them, you know, like Fish and O'Reilly world-renowned tag team. I mean, they've won, um, you know, tag titles all, all over the place. Adam Cole, obviously one of the most, you know, hot free agents over the summer, um, really obviously made a name for himself in Ring of Honor. Um, I, I think had a very underrated match with Kyle O'Reilly, of all people, at Wrestle Kingdom. And, um, you know, they're being shot to the top. I mean, they're attacking all of the champions. And... I mean, one's got to wonder, like, I mean, is 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 that is it going to be sooner rather than later for Cole, Fish, and O'Reilly to all have gold around their waist and kind of come in as these outsiders and really take over? Um, you know, they kind of, it looks a little overproduced, but, you know, every time after an attack, they're screaming, this is our NXT. And I think, it, you know, very quickly that, that became a little overused, right? Like, I started really digging my teeth back in NXT probably about two or three months ago, and, like... I feel like every single champion or whatever, like they're, you know, everybody's, this is my NXT. I know Rude kind of started it and then everybody's kind of, you know, following along. But other than that, I think that they've come off tremendously well. I'm super excited for Cole, especially. I think his style fits WWE so well. And that's not to say that he's, you know, a soft wrestler or whatever, but, you know, he's not a guy. And especially, you know, you see a guy of his size and you're expecting, I, I wouldn't say high-flying, but more spectacular maneuvers, if you will. Um, Cole's very deliberate. It's way more about his character and his selling in-ring that make, makes his matches special versus he's going to do 18 moves you've never seen before. Now, I think that Cole delivers his offense in a way that makes it seem very unique. You know, he does you know moves that aren't necessarily completely out of the ordinary, but in the delivery and the execution... I think he has a really, really good ability to make everything his own. So he stands out in the ring, for sure. Um, but I, I think his style suits WWE so much better. Um, my goodness, just thinking about some of the people that he could work with, not only in NXT and WWE, is exciting. And, you know, and Mike and I have talked on the Anything Goes podcast before. You know, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of Bobby Fish or Kyle O'Reilly, you know, in a vacuum, on their own. Uh, Fish did impress me in the in the Fatal Four Way at War of the Worlds. Mike as well. Don't don't get me wrong, but just it, you know, not my cup of tea. Nothing against them. I, I I'm not saying that they're bad at what they do. Just you know, just not my cup of tea. However, together, man, they bring this kind of unpredictable, you know, UFC shoot style type of um, you know type of vibe that could really hook you in. So the fact that these three are together, is, I I think is is going to be really really cool for NXT moving forward. Um, I don't necessarily think that Adam Cole is just going to spend four or five months there on on NXT and then you know shoot right up to the main roster. You know we got to remember he's still only I believe twenty eight or twenty nine years old, maybe even twenty seven. Um, and you know 
man, he, he it's it's not like a Finn or a Bobby Roode or a Samoa Joe situation where it's like, you know, man, or Nakamura, like, it's not a situation where, man, like, you know, they're they're getting up there, they're, they're pushing 40, and they're still in NXT, you know, like, what, when are we going to pull the trigger, um, but, you know, in, in Cole's case, it's completely different, so a lot of seasoning could happen down there, he could be a long-standing champion, who knows, but I think with his promo ability and his in-ring work, um, I think Cole has a bright future in WWE, and as I mentioned, I... I you know, I have my strong opinions about guys like, you know, Kenny Omega and the Bucks and guys like that, where it's like, I don't even want to see them in WWE. I just think that they're just so cool doing what they're doing on their own stage, having kind of their own creative input and and, and a lot more freedom. But a guy like Cole, I've always seen going WWE and I'm happy. I think it's going to be the right fit. And I think he's going to go really far. Um, I think he's going to have a very similar trajectory to a guy like Seth Rollins, the way he came up from FCW, NXT, and then all the way up to the main roster. Um, that's kind of how I see it going. Once he hits that main roster, um, maybe with a fish and an O'Reilly, maybe they all come up together, which wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing, much like Seth Rollins did with the Shield. Once he breaks apart from that um, and kind of establishes himself with that group and breaks apart, um, I, I think the sky's the limit. So super happy for Cole. Um, and uh, yeah, man, uh, just just really excited to see what, uh, what happens moving forward. But let's get to the main roster, guys. Um, and, and I can't I can't think of any other way of starting off chatting about the main roster stuff from this week than than going right to Owens McMahon, right? I mean, I just, wow. I, first of all, I, I will say, I was definitely shocked to hear that McMahon was going to SmackDown. You know, with, with Raw and SmackDown both kind of eh, doing okay in the ratings, not great, not terrible, but whatever. Um, you would think, you know, you see Cena on Raw now, like Raw's clearly still, you know, the A show in terms of, you know, the importance put on it by the office, I think anyway, personal opinion. And to see Vince go to SmackDown, it, it was kind of cool, right? Like it's, it's like, oh, okay, man, like SmackDown got thrown a bone and it was a, it, you know, big deal that Vince is going to be there. And I mean, you know, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know, you know, there was tension between Shane and Vince the last time they were on camera together, so I don't know who he's going to side with, right? McMahon comes out, I mean, takes Shane's side, and man, I, I gotta say, guys, like I, I think this was probably McMahon's best on-camera performance in, 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 in a really long time. I mean, Man, you know, when he laid into Owens and told him he didn't suspend him because, you know, he didn't get the job finished and almost insinuating the kind of he's, you know, he he gave Shane Carblanche like beat, you know, beat the holy hell out of him if he ever crosses the line or, you know, even maybe in order to like, all right, take him down, something to that effect. And the chemistry between Owens and McMahon with Owens being kind of just a whiny, um, you know, chicken shit heel, just complaining he wasn't getting the breaks, he wasn't getting the opportunities, whatever it might be. Um, you know, Shane's holding it back. He wishes he was on Raw. Um, and then for the way to, you know, for Vince to respond the way that he did. And then, I mean, man, the headbutt. And, and it's funny because when they were shaking hands right before the headbutt, Vince was just firing off on Owens. And, you know, one can only think, I mean, I, I, I'm not very good at reading lips or whatever it might be. But it almost looked like Vince was kind of getting geared up for something. You know, you almost felt like something was coming. And you'd only have to imagine he was probably just screaming. I was like, oh, lay it in, hit me, yeah! You know, something like that where, um, you know, he was just getting so fired up. 
there's speculation going around the internet. Um, to, to quote Conrad from my new favorite podcast, Something to Wrestle With, you know, the rumor and innuendo uh, will tell you that Vince uh, bladed before he went out to the ring and covered it up with, with some kind of uh, adhesive or something like that to be easily open when he got the headbutt. Listen, I don't know if it was hard way, if it was done prior to going out there. I don't really care, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, that's where I think we're nitpicking a little bit. I get it, the hypocrisy. He doesn't allow blading anymore. He's the boss. He owns the company. Get over it, whatever. The fact is, is that me, and I would have to imagine a lot of you, were left kind of with your jaw dropped because it was the headbutt first. And personally, the first thing that comes to my mind is, holy shit, he's 72. And when he gets opened up, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I then think, oh shit, Shibata, you know, Shibata headbutt on, on Okada. Um, and, and, you know, McMahon again is 72. Now I know it was a little bit safer than that. Um, obviously it was a planned spot, but he goes down in a heap and man, the mule kick to the ribs and then this frog splash and then Stephanie, you know, first time on camera for Stephanie in a really long time. Stephanie hits the ring and, and man, she's, you know, she's on fire the whole sell job of everything was absolutely perfect. It was a total throwback, something super raw and emotional, which we've seen a lot more of. You know, sometimes it can come off a little forced. Like, I thought the second Reigns Cena promo was, okay, like, we get it. Like, you're trying to be insider and shit and whatever. But, you know, take down the fourth wall and all that other stuff. But I thought that this was brilliantly done for me. Um, I was I was captivated. It was interesting. It was different. It's something we haven't seen in quite a while. I think Owens is the right person to be in that spot. Um, and man, like this is a huge spot for Owens, right? Like when he first came over to SmackDown, we're thinking, okay, like, you know, aside from AJ, this is pretty much, you know, Kevin, o- you know, the Kevin Owens show. Um, you know, he was running with the US title there for a while. He's got all the potential in the world. Everybody loves KO. Um, I think, um, and man, like he's got a spot with McMahon where he's headbutting him, kicking him, and frog splashing him. He's got a hell in the cell match with Shane. And, and while we might roll our eyes like we did with AJ and Shane at WrestleMania, going AJ deserves better, and this is bullshit. I I was listen. I was in that camp for a little bit too until I you know really started thinking about it. Match happens, and coming out of WrestleMania, I, I find it hard. To not put AJ Shane from WrestleMania on that card top to bottom in the top two or three of best best matches of the night. And sure, AJ carried him through it. And sure, it, you know, Shane threw a billion potatoes. But like in the WWE's eyes, if you're up against Shane, especially in some sort of gimmick match, that's a big deal. So, man, you know, for anybody that's a big fan of KO. You know, just like my cry was to anybody that was an AJ fan, look past the fact that he deserves better, or look past the fact that you know Shane can't work anymore and he's just a stunt man, and understand that this is a platform for things to come. You know, AJ has, while you know, I know Jinder's had the world title, but AJ's the main storyline every week on SmackDown for the most part. At least you know every four out of five episodes, AJ is pretty prominently featured. Um, and he'll be back, right? Like he'll, you know, and he's making the U.S. title cool, man. Like I'm down with that. Like, you know, Jinder's doing his thing with the with the with the world title, and you know, people have their uh, you know their their gripes with that. But I mean, you know, 
in my opinion, the United States Championship is the main storyline on SmackDown. Or main title, at least, anyway. So, you know, that's that. It's my two cents. Um, but anyway, super happy for Owens. The whole segment was fantastic. Uh, Vince sold his ass off like, a, you know, I mean, like only Vince could. And, um, you know, I one, one of the... One of, the few segments, you know, I would say over the course of the, you know, Monday and Tuesday that, that left me wanting more. Um, another one for me, and I was very shocked was the Bray Wyatt and kind of Finn Balor build going into No Mercy. I got to tell you, you know, listen, I'm a fan of Bray Wyatt. I'm not a fan of, of talking in riddles every single week. I'm not a fan of him losing almost every big match he's ever put in. And it's so cool to see in this scenario. I didn't, you know, it seemed like these two might have been paired up originally, Finn and Bray. Because, I I don't know, the writing team didn't have anything else for them. So it's like, okay, we have two tremendous guys. You know, let's do something to get them on television. And, you know, he'll babyface, it's a natural fit. We have the demon thing, we have Bray, whatever. But where we, you know, from that point to where we are now, I think we're in a really cool place because Bray hasn't cared, really, about wins or losses from a character standpoint, maybe ever. I mean, even when he was holding the championship, it was more about getting one over on Randy. You know, finally breaking, uh, you know, the Viper. But what's so cool about this is that Bray is really troubled by the loss to the demon. And, you know, the I, it was great, man. It came off so good on television this week with, you know, uh, Bray disposing of Goldust very quickly. Shout out to Goldust, though. Still killing it. I, I really wish he was in a, in a little bit better of a spot. Just a quick one. quick, Just a quick run from Goldust. Be great. Anyway, it makes sense. Goldust has the face paint. And, you know, Bray in this, you know emotional state, you know, just rubbing the face paint off vigorously and viciously off of gold dust, you know, just screaming, you know, you know, he's just a man, he's just a man, it's just paint, you know, um, kind of screaming out, almost trying to convince himself that, you know, that, that, that the demon is just a man. I mean, maybe I'm looking a little too far into this, but it, it always seems that on the surface, Bray is always trying to get into the minds and the brains and the heads and the whatever and, and playing games with his opponents. And I think for the first time we've seen Bray work himself character wise, obviously, you know, kind of into a hysteria and, and almost a lot for the first time, allowing his opponent to get into his head. Um, really cool dynamic. I love this. I love that we're going into, you know, a man versus man match. Um, even though, uh, you know, Bray calls himself a God, but, you know, th- there's some real heat going into this. There's some real emotion from Bray. He hadn't been talking in riddles the past couple of weeks. He's, he's, addressing, Br- or he's addressing Finn head on. Um, and, and we're getting more cult leader than we are um, kind of just wacky, zany, weirdo from outer space, uh, which I like a lot. That's the Bray Wyatt that I think works the best. And um, I'm excited. I can't wait for No Mercy. I really enjoyed Bray's work this week, um, and I think personally, this is the you know this week the, the 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 performance from this week personally was a bigger step forward than Bray has taken. You know, maybe since getting the nod to face Taker at WrestleMania. I mean, 
you know, we haven't seen much character development. It's very rinse repeat with Bray. You know, just same storyline, different rival, finish it, lose, probably move on. Um, then none of his words really carry any weight. Um, this feels real for the Bray character, and 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 Bray is finally reacting in a way that a person of his mind state actually would. So it's good. Um, lastly, before we go to break, man, Ms. Enzo, can we all agree <laughs> that Ms.'s promo on Enzo was basically written? I mean, probably written directly by Vince McMahon word for word. I mean, if this wasn't everything that he and probably the rest of the administrative, executive, whatever staff of WWE, that, that's got to be what every single person backstage feels about Enzo Amore. I mean, they held nothing back. But what was so brilliant about this with Miz was that he was still able to make it his own and turn it into working it, or rather, sorry, working it into his angle where he always tries to recruit people and tell them that, you know, he can better their lives and try to get them to drink the Kool-Aid and buy in. You know, tell him he's been in the same position, kicked off buses, kicked out of locker rooms. And this shit is all really happening. Um, but man, word for word sounded like something straight out of Vince's mouth or what he, you know, what he's been wanting to say to him. And, uh, you know, the reaction on Enzo's face as this all came out was, was priceless. But... Um, just, uh, just a quick reminder that Miz is still one of the top five guys in the business in terms of the mic work, and, and he's still great in the ring. Um, congratulations, obviously, to him and Maurice for, uh, for you know, um, Maurice's pregnancy. They're having their first child. It's fantastic. Uh, it might mean, you know, probably means Maurice is going to be off TV for a while, so let's see how the Miz character survives without Maurice. I think he'll be just fine. Um, a lot more to get into, guys. Um, we have Asuka officially coming to Raw. Cena and Reigns were added again. Uh, Lesnar, Strowman, where's the excitement levels? We'll cover it all right after this. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to the Wrestling Fix podcast. You can check out our website, www.thewrestlingfix.com, for brand new articles each and every week from the variety of writers on our team. You can follow us on Twitter, at The Wrestling Fix, find us on Facebook, or send an email to wrestlingfixpodcast at gmail.com. For all of our audio content like this, the weekday flagship, or our other podcasts like Anything Goes, Talking Back, or our post-pay-per-view shows, you can subscribe and listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you hear, we would love for you to leave a comment and a five-star rating. We do really appreciate your support. And now, let's get back to the fix. All right, guys, welcome back. This is the Wrestling Fix Podcast, the weekday flagship. Mike Shuza here, flying solo. And uh, quickly, before we get back to uh, all things WWE, just want to give a quick shout-out. I uh, saw my uh, my uh, my good friend and better enemy, uh, Dylan Stiffwood, this past week. Got to thank him for the t-shirt, uh, even though he threw it in my face. Um, he uh, provided me with a brand new Dylan Stiffwood t-shirt. Uh, Coach D, uh, doing it, still doing it, still kicking with WrestlePro. And I uh, want to plug my friends at WrestlePro. Um, two huge shows coming up. I just want to let everybody know, all my friends here in the Northeast, uh, if, if you live anywhere near uh, the New York, New Jersey area, make it a point to come out and check out WrestlePro. These guys are the real deal. Um, man, every time me and my friends go to these shows, we have an absolute blast. We typically sit front row, uh, you know, heckle the living shit out of all the heels. Uh, they have 
a ton of fun with it. Just an overall great experience. So really quickly, guys, I just want to run this down for you. Saturday, October 14th, uh, WrestlePro is going to Brooklyn, um, and uh, you're going to be able to see Al Snow, which is awesome. Uh, Sanjay Dutt's going to be there as well. Too Cocky Kevin Matthews, who, you, who you've seen on Impact Wrestling. Um, so that's going to be at, uh, in Brooklyn on Saturday, October 14th. Um, and then uh, when's the next one here? Oh, okay. Then the day before that, Friday, October 13th. Sorry, I'm going to reverse order. Friday, October 13th. Friday the 13th, special Wrestle Pro Show. That one is going to be on their home turf in Rahway, New Jersey. Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase will be there. Al Snow's going to be there. Sanjay Dutt's going to be there as well. But that specific show is going to feature a barbed wire grudge match uh, between the scary uh, Dan Moff and Pat Buck. Something you guys don't want to miss. If you're on the East Coast, you got to come and check it out. Venue, ticket information, all that. You can check them out on Twitter. Um, and you could also check them out, uh, WrestleProOnline.com. You can get all that information. Go there, buy a Coach D shirt, and tell him Mike Souza said, uh, screw you, and he'll probably laugh. But uh, we love uh, we love Coach D, and uh, it's great to, uh, great to see him in good health and uh, and still kicking. So uh, uh, yeah, so check out WrestlePro. Um, moving on to some WWE stuff. Um, following up from kind of what we were just talking about, I'm going to stick on Raw here. Asuka being called up to the main roster finally, uh, and she's going to be debuting on Raw. Now, before I get to any sort of main roster stuff, I just want to point out that what Asuka did in NXT should not go overlooked. 500 plus days as champion. And... You know, in, in today's WWE, we just don't see that anymore at all. And for her to hold on to it, and rightfully so, because, man, I, I'm sorry. I mean, even somebody like Bailey, who lost to her, in her, I believe, in her final match in NXT, you know, I don't see anybody believably beating her. And I think that's amazing. I mean, you know... Man, she she lays her shit in. She is so believable. And I also saw this today. Had no idea. She's 35. I had no clue. So I'm so glad for her to be able to get called up to the main roster. But um, what I wanted to get to was is, man, I, I watched the, the farewell ceremony for her when she did relinquish her NXT women's title. Um, and uh, my goodness, I just super emotional. Man, I got choked up just watching it. I mean, I saw her debut. You know, we kind of saw her mature and, and and improve each and every time she stepped in the ring. Um, and uh, so happy for Asuka and the way she went out and the respect that we showed to her by the NXT fans, the locker room, William Regal, Triple H, the list goes on. So um, absolutely, you know, great for Asuka. She's moving to Raw. And, you know, I feel bad for, for, for folks like Emma, um, for Mickey James, who I can't believe is still even under contract at this point. Um, you know, Alicia Fox, I think, is still on Raw. You know, I, man, I mean, she's going to be shot to the top. And I would have to imagine that she's probably, you know, this would, this would probably... She's pro this probably shows that Alexa might be retaining at no mercy um, or gaining back. I, I the titles flip flop so many times I don't even remember who I, I, I believe yes okay Alexa's champion that's right it's a fatal four way so um, I gotta say like I gotta see a heel keep the title here and I can't see Nia winning it because I think Asuka's coming straight for the title. 
I don't necessarily know that you put her in a grudge match. Like, you, you highlight how well she's done in NXT. You highlight the undefeated stuff. And I think you keep it going and you make the first loss really, really meaningful. I mean, maybe it's Bailey down the road finally getting her redemption or something of that nature. I also don't know if she's going to run heel or babyface. She was kind of a tweener in NXT, right? Like, she was sort of acting like a heel a lot. And, and people were still cheering her because they respected her. But we didn't really know what side she was on. It kind of depended, right? Like, she was definitely the heel in the feud with Ember Moon, which I thought was great. Um, and she had a nice touch at the end of the farewell speech in NXT. But, <clears throat> excuse me, um, uh, you know, SmackDown would have been tough because SmackDown right now is prominently featuring almost all of their women. Like, uh, you know, there's not really an opening. I mean, I'm sure she could just bust down a wall and, you know, take the title or whatever it might be. But, um, you know, it is what it is. She's going to Raw. So it's either going to be Sasha or it's going to be Alexa Bliss. I I don't know that... The, I think the only way that we know for sure that Asuka won't be involved in the title picture right away is if Nia Jax wins the title. Because if you've you know worked so hard to build Nia up and build Nia up, and I, I really feel like people are now truly starting to take her seriously, at least far more than before, that it would be such a shame for, for Jax to just win the title and then lose to Asuka in a month. Unless that was the plan all along... And Jax was only being built up just to, you know, just to make Asuka's win even even more important. Um, so we'll see. I think it's the right move going to. I think it's the right move going to Raw. I think that she could work really, really well with Bailey. I think that she could work really, really well um, with Sasha, with Alexa. I mean, hell, even with Nia, possibly with Emma. You know, we've seen that match before. It was fantastic. So, you know, we we. I I just I really hope that they don't beat her on her first night. I, I, I can't imagine that they will, but I just, I really truly hope they don't do some crazy swerve where the undefeated streak automatically ends once she hits the main roster. But uh, super happy for Asuka. Very excited to see when she'll debut. She is still hurt, so we have some time. But I like the vignettes. We haven't really had a vignette for somebody coming up from NXT in a while, or, or rather just like a coming soon type of deal. Um, I miss those. Those are fun. Uh, you know, we all obviously get super psyched up for, you know, the, the surprise debuts after big pay-per-views, but to, to kind of, you know, build some anticipation, I thought the video was a, or, you know, was a, was a nice touch. Um, so we got, we got Roman Reigns and we got Jason Jordan and man, I got to tell you, I, I did enjoy the Reigns Jordan match more than I enjoyed the Cena Jordan match. And let me preface that by saying, I really enjoyed Cena Jordan, but, um, Man, you know, this is just the credit to Reigns, man. Like, you know, everybody's going to hate on him. And listen, I, I, you know, I can't stand the character just as much as the next guy. But, I mean, you know, you can't deny the guy is uh, of his ring work. I mean, he's fantastic in the ring. And I thought that the intensity that he was able to pull out of Jordan really got him over with the crowd. You know, Cena kind of, mm, you know, played up the babyface, babyface match. It didn't look like he was taking it very seriously, which is under, and I mean that from a character standpoint, um, you know, kind of just facing this upstart, you know, every time he got one over, it's like, oh, okay, you know, something like that, where I thought Reigns, you know, both guys really laid it in, it felt a little bit more like a wrestling match rather than a rehearsed skit, and I thought that really helped out with Jordan's progression. Um, a loss here means, you know, nothing, I mean, Jordan wins by losing here, I thought he did a great job. We got the Cena Reigns, you know, confrontation again. 
you know, some more fire being spit by Cena. Um, the punk ass bitch thing is just, it's already getting old. It's like, man, you got to just default to punk ass bitch. Um, but you know, I don't overdo it. You know, we don't need to see this. You know, I know there's only one more raw leading into no mercy. So I'm sure we might get one more of these, you know, work shoot promos, but you you know, and I know WWE has a, has a very big tendency to do this where it's like, if something catches on, it's like, okay, let's shove it down your throat. Let's take a step back. Let's keep them away from each other for a week or something, and let's let them settle in the ring. I'm really excited for the match. I have no idea what's going to happen. No clue. Um, I don't know what Cena's schedule looks like. I don't know if he's leaving and coming back for WrestleMania or Royal Rumble, and it just makes sense for Reigns to beat him at this point. Um, but hell, after all that Reigns has said, if he does beat him, I mean, where does that leave Cena? So, you know, this is a make or break. I can't. I can't believe this is happening at No Mercy, and I can't imagine that this is the last sort of deal. And and I also can't stand the fact that now every single pay-per-view has a WrestleMania-worthy main event. Um, they got to cut it out with that. But this is, though. Like, this, like, this is a WrestleMania-worthy main event, or at least, you know, top three matches on the card. And I'm really shocked that they're going with it at No Mercy. I think that, I hope that there's a longer story to be told, but I mean, yeah, like this is really, really hard to predict, and and, and I'm sure Frank and I will get into it next week when we make our predictions for No Mercy, but I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, this is this is really one that intrigues me. I, I didn't think this week worked as well as last week. It was fine, you know, it was no biggie, you know, it was, it was you know, entertaining. They, they threw jabs at one another, no doubt, for sure. Um, but I'm excited for them to actually settle in the ring. You know, this, I, I can't see many, many more of these promos, but it was good work. It was fantastic work. Um, and a great match from Reigns, uh, against Jordan. I thought Jordan did, took another big step forward. I, I, I question really whether, you know, whether they even needed to do this whole, um, Kurt Angle Sun deal. You know, if, if, if Jordan just happened to sign with Raw, you know, got a couple of wins under his belt, just like he did after he was announced. You know, he maybe cuts a couple promos saying that he wants to try to do this on his own and that, you know, he, you know, he's always been a singles wrestler and he has no, nothing but respect for Gable, but he wanted a fresh start, wins a couple matches, and then has those exact same two matches with Reigns and Cena. You know, I, I think he's actually probably over a little bit more, don't you think? Um, now that you're not, you know, if you weren't strapped with this ridiculous and unbelievable sort of storyline. But anyway, uh, that's a whole other conversation. Um, so a lot of backlash coming out of uh, Ziggler doing the Ultimate Warrior impression in front of his, um, in front of his, uh, you know, in front of his wife. She was front row for the Mae Young Classic. And, and by the way, I just want to state, listen, I've been extremely busy uh over the past couple of weeks um i have not gotten to watch nearly enough of the may young classic as i would have liked to to even try to sit here and analyze or break down or give my opinion on anything everything i've seen has been fantastic i've heard nothing but rave reviews i heard the finale was fantastic um but i'd be doing it an injustice if i tried to talk intelligently about it or give my opinion on it um so i do apologize for that but i will get around to it i absolutely have it on my agenda to make sure that i watch that but um congratulations to everybody involved because i heard it was a tremendous success um but anyway dana warrior was there in the front row ziggler does the deal um that notwithstanding 
I actually thought this week was pretty funny. Uh, with Ziggler kind of opening the show and interrupting uh, Shane with the whole, or, I'm sorry, interrupting KO with the whole Shane gimmick. Um, and then, you know, coming out this week with, with, with his new kind of, his new kind of gimmicks and stuff like that. I mean, I, I thought it was absolutely hysterical. Now, I don't think it is sustainable. You know, this can't happen every single week. Um, the bell has to ring and he has to wrestle again. He has to have some sort of rivalry, which I'm thinking will probably be with Bobby Roode, if I had to guess. But, uh, you know, obviously he's making fun of entrances. You know, Nakamura's got this entrance. Roode's got this entrance. He's already worked with Nakamura, hence Roode. But um, th- this one worked. This one was a little funny. But, you know, I didn't really know how to feel about about the whole thing in front of Dana Warrior. But, you know, I and uh, personally, my, my initial reaction was, was like, ah, like it's, it's kind of in bad taste. But I will say this. So... I read this today, and I'm just going to read uh, read it quickly. Well, actually, it, it's kind of long, so I'll paraphrase. But Lance Storm had tweeted something, um, and I listen to Lance and Cyrus. Uh, the Killing Town podcast is fantastic for anybody that doesn't listen to that. Absolutely amazing. They're hysterical. Um, go figure, right, Storm? But uh, he is, and so is Cyrus. Um, but what he was saying is he was explaining that Dolph's a heel, and that Dolph is frustrated that other people that have been around for less amount of time have gotten more opportunities in the narrative structure of WWE than he has because they have these amazing entrances and this, that, and the other thing. And he's basically bitching and moaning and complaining about his spot on the show based on the fact that he's, according to him, the best performer in WWE history. So by doing Warrior's entrance, it's not actually mocking him. It's actually paying homage to him. It's showing that you're jealous of Warrior's success and basically putting him over. Um, so, you know, I don't know if they smartened up Dana before the show. You know, she was standing up and booing and she sent out a tweet and things like that. Um, but, you know, I, you know, after reading that, and you can read the whole thing, he's uh, just at Lance Storm on Twitter. Um, I think that, man, you know, that makes a ton of sense. And, you know, I don't, you know, I would have just hoped, I think, you know, my, my only thing on this is that I just only hope that they do, that they did smarten up Dana before it happened. Because if she sees that, that, that might not be a great look, right? Whether it's in poor taste or not, whether it was just paying homage to him because it's a heel making fun of a baby face who was iconic and got over, then you know, even even if that was the case, if she wasn't smart enough beforehand, she she could be offended. And you know, and listen, that, that was it was her husband. I mean, it was, she, he tragically passed away way too young. And you know, as long as they smartened her up beforehand, then I think that it was fine. Um, and I think it was pretty funny, uh, to be quite honest with you. And it gets him heat. You know, they they purposely showed Dana Warrior before, you know, minutes before Dolph came out. They wanted you to know that Dana was in the building for whatever, you know, because of the May Young Classic, but there was an ulterior motive. There was a reason why Ziggler's appearance like that was almost directly after they showed Dana Warrior. So, in turn, it gets him heat. Therefore, it worked. Dolph's got to have some heat before he comes back because he's right. No one, nobody could, nobody could care less. Or couldn't care less. Nobody couldn't care less. I, I always mess that one up. Anyway, you know what I mean. Um, it's late. Um, so, so yeah, so I was cool with it. And I hope this works for Ziggler. I mean, man, Ziggler was my guy. I mean, I, you know, I, I, 
I was such a big fan of his, and it's just such a shame. And I, you know, I know he's talking a whole bunch of shit on social media about you know people are saying that he's mailing it in. Like he's not mailing it in. I mean, he's doing what he's told, um, and he's getting paid a lot of money. I mean, I think he has enough respect for himself to go out there and give his all. So you know, we'll you know, so we'll see. But I, I was I was definitely a fan uh, this week. But you know, it's gotta it's gotta turn into something. Uh, that's all. Um, lastly. I got to say, and this might be a little bit of a hot take because typically I wouldn't ever want to talk down about Paul Heyman, but I'm kind of getting sick of the promo that starts out with, I know I'm here to sell you on this pay-per-view, but I don't need to because I have the beast and his opponent as it poses the biggest threat to my client ever. I feel like the last, you know, Joe, uh, Strowman, I mean, there uh, so many of these opponents dating back almost in the last year have not been treated the same by Paul Heyman, and I understand that he's trying to get them over. Lesnar's not there every week, and he knows that they are. Paul Heyman is one of the smartest minds in the business, hands down. That might be debatable by some. I'm a Paul Heyman guy. I know he. I know what he's trying to do, but a it gets a little bit repetitive, and b it you know I I know that. Every single time he goes out there and puts somebody over, he then turns around and says, but I have the beast. And, you know, he's the conqueror. And it kind of brings everything back onto Brock and how destructive Brock can be. But, you know, gone are the days where, you know, he just comes out and says, this is not going to be a contest. I mean, it's going to be over. Suplex City, one, two, three, done. Um, You know, F5, it's over. And, sure, that builds up a much better narrative that there is a possibility that Lesnar can get beat. Um... Which is great, and 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 I gotta tell you, much like the Cena Reigns deal, I really don't know whether or not Lesnar retains here. I mean, is this Braun Strowman's time? Are they still gonna go with Reigns Lesnar at WrestleMania? Has the reactions to Cena and Reigns changed their minds? We don't know. So it's fine, and I think everything about the buildup to this match has been fantastic. This is. This is a Lesnar match like we've never seen before. I mean, Braun is way bigger. And, I mean, you know, from a height standpoint at least, I mean, um, Lesnar's still a monster when it comes to muscle mass and everything like that. But, I mean, I I just would like to see Heyman a little more confident. You know, just a little bit. Um, You know, and and just, you know, I'm kind of over the whole, I'm out here to sell you on this. And it's just... You know, you're, you're phenomenal what you do. You know, go out and do it. And I don't know if it's the writing team. He's just reading what's being handed to him. I doubt that's the case with Heyman. But, I mean, I wouldn't know. I'm not in there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's the beast. He's he's Brock Lesnar. He's going to beat everybody. Um, I think that sells the fans on the notion that, well, well can he be beaten? I, I got to tune in to find out. I mean, if he's as great as, as Paul Heyman says he is, then, of course, he's going to win. But what if he doesn't? I think that kind of builds up just as much credibility into the match, or at least enough hype, um, to get really excited for the match. But no, nevertheless, I think that Braun, um, you know, Braun had a match with Cena, which was absolutely awesome. I thought it was the right finish. Both guys are protected. Braun comes out looking like an absolute monster. Um, this is going to be a spectacle, and I absolutely cannot wait for it. But. Um, other than that, I mean, there you know there was there was some cool stuff that happened in between. Obviously, um, you know, New Day recapturing the tag championships. These guys, them and the Usos, continue to have fantastic and different tag matches. 
even given the fact that they've been on TV together so many weeks in a row, they continue to entertain us. Um, absolutely fantastic. I thought the women's title match was a little bit of a squash, personally. Um, Naomi just, I mean, kind of just quickly disposed of, right? Like, didn't really feel like they had a lot of time. Natalia came out of that looking great. But, um, yeah, I'm not really sure how great Naomi looked coming out of that. But, you know, we'll see moving forward. But overall, guys, I thought it was a great week for WWE. I think I, I think that front-to-back Raw SmackDown was fantastic, entertaining all the way through. And I think that Raw is doing a really, really good job building up, uh, building up to no mercy. So um, with that being said, guys, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, Connor Allen will be coming at you guys this weekend with a Talking Back episode. I believe he's going to revert back to the uh, the Road Dog discussion that was planned for a couple weeks ago. But the Labor Day deal, obviously, and the working on Christmas uh, kind of cut that in. If you haven't listened to last week's It's a Doozy, go back and check out Connor Allen's Talking Back you can follow us on Twitter. We are at The Wrestling Fix. You can find us on Facebook as well. Just search The Wrestling Fix. You'll see our logo pop up. Give us a like. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter, um, Mike Souza TWF. Um, and obviously, you can check out our website for all of our brand new content, articles, podcasts. That is your hub. We're going to have a team page coming up so you can learn a little bit more about us. Um, and yeah, so guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. And until next time, you know where to come for your fix.